This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Allow me to introduce to you one of Shawn Michaels, or actually the only tag team partner Shawn Michaels is going to have here tonight. He is the, uh, let's see how, he has many names. Let's try, he's the Holy Roller. Oh boy. He's the hipster from heaven. He's uh, the man upstairs. From the kingdom of heaven, please welcome God. This is not your house, this is mine. You call that an entrance? That's not an entrance. Tonight we're gonna do it WWE style. Let's get down, let's jiggy with it. Come on, God, let's see what you got, come on. Come on, God. McMahon wants God to get jiggy with it. Well, he did stop God in his tracks right there. Someone call 911. Wait, hey, wait, JR, guys, coming this way. What? Can you feel him? He went right by us. I feel God in my life all the time, but this is. Hang on a second, out here. This is insanity. Right. Oh. God. Oh, he's, he's in the ring. He's in the ring. Let me just say this. What is it? Oh, he's behind me. The hell is that? He sneaked up behind me. God, come here. Go check him out. He's asking the referee to check God. No telling what God has his sleeve has up his sleeve. Now go check him out. Go check him out. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. On second thought, you know what, God? Bring it. Bring it. Whatever you've got. I don't care what it is. Because tonight, there's no disqualification. What? There's no count out. This match is no holds barred. Since when? When the hell that happened? Praise be the name of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 80, and today we are going to look at a little peek 
at the use of Christian Rock in pro wrestling. And I have the perfect man for the job here. Uh, he is a contributor for Voices of Wrestling and a former pastor. Yes, you heard that right. It's first-time guest Jeremy Sexton. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Andrew. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on here, for sure. Um, actually, I remember you brought up the idea of doing a Christian Rock episode like maybe two years ago, I think. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that someday. And now that day is today, apparently. <laughs> and like I said, you're the right man to co-host with because you're, you know, a man of God. Yes. Well, and I believe that I prefaced it with, you know, whenever you've hit the bottom of the barrel and have no more ideas for episodes, <laughs> then, hey, what about a Christian rock and wrestling one? And so I guess we are there. This is the bottom. So, you know, kudos. Don't sell yourself <laughs> too short. All right. We, we have plenty more topics to choose from. OK, don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> But, uh, well, since this is your first time on the show here, Jeremy, I'll ask you a question I ask a lot of my first-time guests. When did you become a wrestling fan? Um, and as well, in your case, when did you become a pastor? So I became a wrestling fan when I was probably like three, four years old. Um, my dad used to watch, and so I would watch with him, and I sort of picked up the bug uh, I remember, you know, being told stories about my grandmother sitting me in front of the TV and turning on Sesame Street and me like getting up and changing the channel to superstars or whatever <laughs> Saturday morning thing was going on then. Uh, and so I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. Like there's really no point in my life that I can remember that I was not a wrestling fan. Um, so go, go way back in that regard. Uh, as far as when I became a pastor, I, uh, I went to Bible college right out of high school. Uh, and so I graduated high school in 2003, uh, went to Bible college, went with the idea that I was going to go into youth ministry because that was sort of just like, that felt like the path that everyone sort of has to do where, you know, you go, you do youth ministry for a while, and then you get to graduate to like adults. And uh, I ended up getting a job doing nothing even remotely similar to that. I got a job out of college at a church in DC as the media pastor, where I uh, oversaw video and print production. Uh, at one point oversaw web oversaw live production. Uh, so, you know, the sound on Sunday mornings and things like that. And so did all kinds of wacky stuff like that, left that place uh, back in 2013, I believe, and became, uh, ended up becoming the pastor at a small church in Wisconsin after that, um, where I served for a few years. This is something that I'm, I'm curious about. I know pro wrestling is, um, not exactly the most pious or uh, <laughs> squeaky clean product in the world. Um, when you were still a pastor, uh, or, or I guess now maybe because you're still a religious person, have you ever felt like conflicted in a way watching wrestling, uh, especially some of the uh, racier, edgier content? Or are you someone who's able to put that part of yourself to the side and just enjoy wrestling as it is? That's an interesting question. I actually remember uh, the moment that I swore off WCW, um, I can like put a pin in it. And it was, uh, I was in the hospital. I had just had shoulder surgery on my labrum and turned on TNT because Nitro was on. And I remember Kevin Nash swearing in the ring. Like, I forget what he said, but it was, it was an unbleep 
uh, Shi'i missile or something like that. And I was just like, I'm done. I like, I'm not going to watch this anymore. And I stopped watching for a little while after that and then got sucked right back in. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've always kind of compartmentalized that a little bit. Um, but definitely, you know, I'm one of the people that wasn't sad to see some of the racier parts of like the attitude era go away with, you know, like the bra and panties matches and things like that. That was definitely never something I was, uh, you know, all that thrilled about while I was watching. I mean, just speaking for myself, I, I do agree with you on that in terms of, you know, my own changing tastes in wrestling and, and changing times as well. I mean, back in the day when I was younger, yeah, the the broad panty stuff and the, the super edgy content, that was something that I accepted because there was just a lot of it around. Um, but as I got older and that stuff started to die down, I focused more and more on the actual wrestling and the in-ring action and the drama of that stuff. And I think religious or not, a lot of people felt the same way. Yeah. Well, before we get to the music here with Christian Rock, I do want to first look at the relationship between Christianity and pro wrestling um, as a whole. And I think just looking at it first on a conceptual level, there's a very easy connection to make, and that is the battle between good and evil. You know, that's what pretty much every wrestling feud ever boils down to, is the battle between good and evil, which is a big part of Christianity and, and most religions. You know, I'm Jewish, and I was certainly taught all about that stuff in temple and Hebrew school. Yep. Um, you've also got the story of David and Goliath, which is a common comparison to make in wrestling for big man versus little man matches. Um, you've also got brother versus brother, which is a common feud in both wrestling and and the Bible. And there are others as well. So with pro wrestling, just like with so many other forms of entertainment, there are those conceptual connections between that and Christianity, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, ultimately, you know, when it's done sort of with that face heel dynamic, pro wrestling is a morality play, like really at its core. Um, you know, you have the bad person that you want to see get their comeuppance and you want to see good triumph. And I mean, really, that's just a lot of storytelling in general. And so, you know, as you either could come at it from one of two perspectives, mine would be that, you know, that's because those stories tap into something like real, that there is something, you know, real and and spiritual to this battle between good and evil that's happening. Um, or, you know, if you were an atheist, I suppose you could come at it from the perspective that, you know, those are just stories we've told each other for so long that they've become ingrained in us culturally. But either way, there are these things that everyone responds to and everyone grasps immediately, which is one of the reasons why I think as much as people like to talk about, you know, oh, in AEW, there's no heels and there's no faces when I mean, there is like MJF and Cody, like that feud is as good versus evil as you can possibly get. And I think those things are always going to resonate, you know, with people for whatever reason. Right, right. And on a more concrete level, you look at the way Christianity has been used in wrestling and portrayed in wrestling. That's where things get a bit muddier, shall we say, because <laughs> on the one hand, there are like entire Christian wrestling promotions yeah. that are devoted to spreading the good word of Jesus Christ in the Bible, and they even have like the devil be the big heel in the promotion sometimes. You know, look at a guy like Shawn Michaels, 
who became a born-again Christian and turned his life around. And you know, during his entrances, he would fall down to his knees and, and praise God, and the pyre would go off, and he would wear crosses on his gear. Um, there's Nikita Koloff, who became a born-again minister. Uh, there's Ted DiBiase, who's a minister. Yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan, you know, take your vitamins and say your prayers, brother. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand... You've also got the Vince and Shane McMahon versus Shawn Michaels and God tag match, which <laughs> caused Joey Styles to utter the very infamous line, he mocks God. <laughs> yeah, you've got all of these devious heel Christian characters like Reverend Devon, Reverend yep. Slick, Mordecai, Brother Love. Uh, in ECW, you had Raven crucifying the Sandman. I mean, the very seeds of the Attitude Era – and the rise of Stone Cold Steve Austin happened when Austin mocked a born-again Christian in Jake Roberts. You talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16, Austin 3.16 says, I just whooped your ass. So, you know, with Christianity and wrestling, there's the good and there's the bad, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think really the only things that have ever really... I I bothered maybe too strong a word for it, but like the whole Shawn Michaels tag teaming with God thing, I thought was just so beyond stupid. Um, and I, I still cannot believe that he went along with that <laughs> given like what, you know, I read his book and like, you know, what I know about him and sort of in that period of his life, I can't, I have no idea how they talked him into that, but, uh, but yeah, it's been interesting to see, especially with some of the guys that have sort of not just, you know, converted late in their careers or after their careers, but have become active evangelists like Nikita, like Ted DiBiase. I mean, Sting was doing events for, uh, you know, a Christian event called Acquire the Fire and um, was doing things like that. And uh, so, yeah, it's interesting to see. Yeah, and Shawn Michaels has the stories about, you know, baptizing people in hotel pools and things like that on the road and whatnot, which very different than, you know, activities he used to get up to on the road. So I think that's <laughs> positive. Everyone would agree. But uh, yeah, very much a mixed bag on how it sort of gets incorporated there. Right. I mean, right now, Seth Rollins is doing a Monday Night Messiah gimmick where he's conducting sermons and converting referees. So, you know, I don't know what kind of hangups Vince McMahon has with Christianity, but they've been rather apparent for quite some time now, I think. Yes. <laughs> but um, in any event, uh, let's pivot now to looking at some examples of Christian rock in wrestling. And Christian rock, it's not a genre of music I listen to with any you know, regularity, but I do enjoy a couple songs here and there from some Christian rock bands, especially the ones that aren't as explicitly Christian, because that's the thing. Not every Christian rock band is, you know, Jesus this and Holy Bible that. It varies in terms of how overt their lyrics are with specific Christian content. And looking at the songs here today, I would say that while these songs are not as overt as others, a bunch of them still have a very uplifting hopeful message that fits within the Christian spirit, Jeremy. Yeah. I mean, Christian bands sort of go in like a couple different directions where you have some that view, you know, that what they must do is use every lyric to preach the gospel and that like their songs are specifically geared to they want to convert people with their music. There's a Christian rap group called the Cross Movement that I remember one of their lines 
in one of their songs is, uh, you know, it's hard to keep fans when the man's up in every line, uh, where, you know, that's sort of the lens that they view things through. And then you have like bands that view it much more as we are Christians, we're making art. And so our faith is going to naturally seep into the art that we make. And we're going to, you know, maybe use illusions and, and pull on imagery that's familiar to us from our faith, but we're not going to do anything but try to just make great art. And those tend to be the bands that I myself also heavily favor uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think that message that isn't overtly Christian, but is still very positive, is something that works so well in wrestling, regardless of the religious context. I mean, there are just so many countless themes that are meant to be inspiring and positive and talk about believing in yourself and fighting for what's good and right that have nothing to do with God or, or the Bible or whatever. So it only makes sense from a thematic point of view that Christian rock would be so prominently used in wrestling and from a business point of view as well. You know, these songs are all from bands that made it big during the late 90s, 2000s Christian rock boom that really saw the genre get accepted into the mainstream and generate a lot of interest and a lot of money as well. So naturally, wrestling and especially WWE, it's going to capitalize on that boom and feature these songs and these bands in their product. Yeah, well, and I would imagine, too, you know, just from an even more uh, sort of, you know, direct uh, perspective as well, I got to imagine, with the exception of a couple of the songs on here, um, but Christian music just in general has to be cheaper to license than other music. <laughs> There's not a lot of people beating down Skillet's door, you know, for for uh, royalties or whatnot. Whereas, you know, you want to use a you want to use a song from a Coldplay or someone like that. Well, yeah, you're going to have to pay a little bit more. Right. And, and as well, it's not just Christian rock that's been used. There's also been Christian hip hop. Yeah. Um, I know on this podcast on the AJ Styles episode way back when we talked about Get Ready to Fly by Grits, yes. who are a Christian rap group. Um, also Il Harmonics, who did the Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam. They're a Christian rap group. And, and Jeremy, I know you wanted to talk about Christian hip hop today, but <laughs> we've got to stick with the rock on this one. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I, I understand. As much as the grammatical revolution and the spirit were my homies back in high school, <laughs> we, we will pass them by. Okay, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how about that? Let's get to the songs here. But uh, before we do that, uh, Jeremy, you're aware of the story of Noah's Ark, right? I am. Of course you are. Yeah, of course you are. Well, a very important part of that story is the wood. Now, the same is true for the bedroom. But here's the thing. Sometimes you need the wood, but you just don't have it. And you have to see a doctor about it. Well, if you were to guess, Jeremy, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? I'd probably say about 10 would you believe, Jeremy, that Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities? That's a whole month. That's way too long. It's a whole month. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you don't want to wait that long to get treatment. You want it ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of your very own home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free, that's right, free online visit, 
and you'll hear it back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. How about that, Jeremy? 24 hours. 24 hours is a lot fewer than 28 days. As far as math goes, you are correct. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. And once again, Jeremy, two days are a lot fewer than 29. That's yes. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, of course. Well, you also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, hey, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime you want. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash V-O-W for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Again, that's GetRoman.com slash V-O-W for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And that way, just like with Noah and the Ark, you'll have all the wood you need to get the job done. Hopefully fewer animals, but <laughs> hey, you do you. We don't judge here, all right? Come on. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get to these Christian rock songs here. We have six to talk about. Uh, most of them have to do with WWE, starting with uh, probably the most popular band on this list during their heyday. Also, uh, probably the most ridiculed band on this list yes. during their heyday. Uh, this is Creed, and Creed have sold tens of millions of albums worldwide. But some of their songs have also been used in wrestling, including this one um, off their album Weathered. This song was used for a few of the WWE Desire videos. This is My Sacrifice. This is a good example of what I meant by not being so overt with the Christian references, but you can still make the connection with the lyrics and the message of the song. Because, like I said, a lot of Christian rock is very hopeful and very positive. And in My Sacrifice, it talks about reuniting with a loved one and finding peace with them. Hello, my friend, we meet again. Within my heart are memories of perfect love that you gave to me. It feels so good to reunite within yourself and within your mind. Now, you could tie that into a relationship with God, especially in the chorus where you have the phrase, I believe, but it could also be a secular relationship of some sort. So it can go both ways. And Creed themselves have always straddled that line of being spiritual, and you could label them as Christian rock, but the band itself never called itself Christian rock. 
So I think it lines up with who Creed are as well, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Creed sort of came out right away and said that, you know, they considered a Christian band a band that has an agenda to lead people to believe in their religion and that, like, we have no agenda was sort of their thing. Uh, and this is a song that I feel like they keep lyrically vague enough, but to the point where it really doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have no idea what the sacrifice is. Uh, it it really and if you've ever seen the music video for this the music video makes even less sense than the lyrics do you've got monks rowing boats and fish people swimming by in a canal and it's all kinds of you know weird imagery but i think that's one of the things that actually works in its favor for the desire videos is that this is like a song that is engineered for a video package you could cut footage of anything to this song and it would work because it's got enough of that language that's like familiar and kind of you know tugs on some heartstrings hello my friend we meet again like that's a great six word like that's gonna touch you know anybody that has a friend that they have distance with and that's everybody you know and so it taps into some of those you know universal experiences that people have yeah, and in the Desire video, they do a good job of matching the clips to the lyrics. Like, hello my friend, we meet again, they show Rockin' Austin. Above all the others will fly, they show Jeff Hardy doing the Swanton in mid-flight. And my sacrifice, there's a bunch of wrestlers like screaming in pain. So, yeah, it does tug on the heartstrings, and yep. does a good job of stirring the emotions of the viewer. And as a video, it's one of the more iconic ones ever, I think. Just considering how many fan-made wrestling videos were spawned after this came out, and how many copycats as well. Like, on YouTube, there's an OTT My Sacrifice video. Uh, there's a WCW one, um, an NXT one. So this video really left a lasting impression on people, and for good reason, because it's a great video, and the song just works so well. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It kind of reminds me of, like, Fix You by Coldplay as another song that, like, it's just perfect for a video package uh and it works so well for that that i mean there's no wonder for me why this left such a mark on people right and i think tying the song further into wrestling there is the idea of the sacrifice um obviously there's a lot of sacrifice in the bible but there's plenty of sacrifice in wrestling as well uh, sacrificing your body sacrificing your, your family life and your home life all for the sake of this this crazy sport you know it's rough but at the same time, it's also fulfilling for a lot of wrestlers. So I think you can look at this song as the relationship between a wrestler and a wrestling. We've seen our share of ups and downs. Oh, how quickly life can turn around in an instant. There is that unpredictable nature and that danger with wrestling. But when you are with me, I'm free. I'm careless, I believe. Above all the others will fly. This brings tears to my eyes. My sacrifice. Yes, when you get into wrestling, you do have to make sacrifices. But when you get in there, you know, you're free. You can fly. So I think there's that connection too, Jeremy. Yeah, totally. I mean, you like you read that chorus and you can totally picture. And I believe that's what they cut with it in the video is, you know, like Jeff Hardy doing a swanton off of something like super high. That That's, you know, that every wrestling fan sort of by this point in time when the video was released, like we... Everyone was a little more 
smart, so to speak, and a little more with the goings on backstage and whatnot, began to really care about these guys as individuals uh, as much as their characters. And so uh, having sort of that window into what these guys put themselves through for our entertainment, um, you know, it really it packs that emotion uh, with these lyrics into, you know, sort of these wrestlers saying, you know, when, when I'm out there, when I'm in front of the crowd, that's when I'm careless. That's when I believe that's when the fans, they believe in me. And so together we fly and, and there's the sacrifice. And, and Austin even says at the end of his desire video, like, well, all those things that you call sacrifice, like I would do them all again. Like, that, you know, that it's this, uh, this moment of glory that they're, they're willing to go out there and put everything on the line for. Some other quick notes here before we move on. Uh, My Sacrifice was also used as a theme song by Charlie Haas and DJ Hyde. Quite the duo there. Uh, (laughs) And some other Creed songs that have been used in wrestling. uh, Pretty much their big hits. Higher, Young Grow Old, Weathered, One. Um, But, you know, My Sacrifice, it's probably my favorite Creed song out of the whole bunch. And I know that they've gotten their fair share of flack over the years. But um, I I do enjoy this song a lot. What can I say, Jeremy? Yeah, you know, going back and listening to it, like we've we've kind of as a culture painted Creed with like that Nickelback brush, the you know, like oh, just like generic rock for aggressive dudes or whatever. Um, but like you go back and you really listen to this, and it's really strong stuff. Like Mark Tremonti's guitar work and his composition here is unmistakable. Um, like his guitar tone is so signature. Just the way that like the song comes together. Um, Scott Stapp's voice is perfect for, you know, it packs emotion while simultaneously kind of sounding like Eddie Vedder passing a kidney stone, right? <laughs> but like, it just, and if you watch him sing, like if you ever see him like in a music video or like on a TV show or something, he looks ridiculous. But if you're just listening to it, it just, there's something about it, man. It just works. It really does. It very much sounds of the era, yeah. But you know, even with a band like Creed, there's always like a couple songs that still hold up all these years later. And I think this song is one of them, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Up next, we'll stay in the Creed universe and talk about the solo work of lead singer Scott Stapp. After the band broke up in 2004, Scott put out his first solo album called The Great Divide. And the title track was used for WWE's Tribute to the Troops in 2005. This is The Great Divide. I have run to the ocean Through the horizon Chase the sun I've waited for the light to come And at times I would give up You have wrapped your loving arms round me And with your love I'll overcome You have loved me when I was weak You have given unselfishly Kept me from falling
so the reason behind Creed breaking up was because uh, Scott Stapp was dealing with some um, personal demons, uh, as they say. Uh, at one point, he was so screwed up during a concert that he just he couldn't sing the lyrics, and the band got sued because of it. So yep. eventually, the band just broke up, and Scott went solo and put out The Great Divide, which is not hard to figure out what that reference is, I don't think. <laughs> and in the song it leans a bit heavier into how overtly religious it is, given that it references God and Heaven's doorstep, and it implies that because of God's love and Scott's devotion to God and acceptance of God and so forth, that's what helped him survive the Great Divide and kept him from going into an early grave from drug and alcohol problems. So it's definitely a much more personal and more intimately religious song than My Sacrifice is, Jeremy. Yeah, I think this one's a lot more coherent lyrically that it's, you know, it's very direct and it's not, I, I would still say this sort of lives up to their like no agenda aims because it's not really him trying to be preachy. This is just a guy who's been through a lot and he's falling back on his Christian upbringing. His stepdad was a Pentecostal minister and, you know, grew up in in church and whatnot and he's sort of rediscovering his faith as he's hitting rock bottom and this is just this song that he writes out of these battles and whatnot um and what's uh, what's funny is i don't think i had ever actually heard this song before i listened to it for this episode somehow i i guess i must have just written off all of the uh, creed stuff after they broke up or or whatnot but uh but yeah, listening to this, I'm really amazed that I hadn't heard it before because lyrically, I honestly could see some churches like having played this in their services, either as a worship song that everyone's meant to sing together or as, you know, sort of a song uh, during the offering or something like that. Because it really feels like lyrically it would be totally appropriate. Yeah, it, it does play out as like this conversation between Scott, Stapp, and God because the first verse is him telling God, you know, at times I would give up. You have wrapped your loving arms around me, and with your love, I'll overcome. You have loved me when I was weak. You have given unselfishly, kept me from falling, falling everywhere but my knees. And then in the second verse, it goes, I've cried out, God, give me answers. And then God responds, please hush, child, I'll tell you why. You have to love me when you were weak. You kept giving unselfishly, kept you from falling falling everywhere but your knees. So the pronouns change. And God becomes an actual voice in the song, an actual yep. character, as opposed to just Scott just thanking God. So again, he's really diving deeper into the religious overtones here, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's sort of the, you know, especially like the reason why I am no longer a pastor, why I'm a former pastor is some health issues that I've had, you know, I've battle uh, chronic daily migraine and have for almost six years now. And uh, that kind of forced me out of the workplace. And so like for me as someone who's a Christian and uh, I'm listening to this song and I see those words, you know, like you have loved me when I was weak, you have given unselfishly, kept me from falling, falling everywhere but my knees. It's like that's something that like it really kind of hits me in my experience. And I think anybody that uh, any person of faith that, that's gone through some real stuff uh, I, that's, you know, uh, I'm sure hitting them right in that same spot. And as far as tribute to the troops goes, I mean, there are some connections you can make between Christianity and the military, sure. But 
I think when they picked this song, they were focusing more on the chorus than the rest of it. You set me free to live my life. You became my reason to survive the Great Divide. You set me free. You know, freedom, military, America, that, that typical deal right there. And it does have, like my sacrifice, a lot of emotional gusto to it with how it sounds. Again, tugging on heartstrings, which is perfect for video packages of, of wrestlers hugging troops and shaking hands and flags flying and whatnot. So I think WWE did a pretty good job there of picking a song that, you know, maybe doesn't fit as a religious song, but as an emotional song, as a freedom song, it works well in that sense, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, I think they just, you know, it's a song that it featured the word free very prominently. And they were like, ah, use it for the troops, pal, and (laughs) threw it on there. And, you know, and it works because it's actually structured very similarly to My Sacrifice, just in terms of the song structure. I think a lot of that is just that sort of Scott Stapp's thing. Like I know in the making of this album, he just kind of sat down with like a guitar and a piano and kind of like plucked out all right this is kind of the way these things should look and then brought in musicians to kind of flesh those tracks out and they added some of their own twists which this has that like irish sounding guitar up in the front that really kind of gives it like some more momentum through the verses uh the bass does that as well where it's just playing those like eighth notes they're just bottom bum 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 bottom bum 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 uh it kind of propels it forward so it has this like bright like emotional punch that you know it really makes it also perfect for a video package right in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we hype ourselves up thinking "Ah, maybe i can pull a ken griffey jr rookie card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arena club Com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. 
you can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all three-in-one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security the eufy video lock is also for convenience no more concerns about losing keys and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras other great features we love about the eufy video lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking, a remote control with a 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys or reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door Right, right. Um, by the way, uh, well, Scott Stapp was doing all this stuff. Um, Jeremy, you'll probably know this. What were the other guys in Creed doing? They were uh, Alter Bridge, right? Yep, that's right. They got a new lead singer named Miles Kennedy, and they formed a new band called Alter Bridge, who in wrestling are most famous for doing uh, the song Metalingus, which became Edge's theme. On this day, I see clearly... 
and then Alter Bridge became a, you know, a pretty big band in its own right. So I know Scott Stapp has been sober in recent times, and he's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and he's trying to you know get a handle on his issues. But I think if I had to pick between the two sides of the Great Divide, I'd go with Alter Bridge there, Jeremy. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think, you know, Scott Stapp is still making music. I believe it was last year he put out a new album. Um that uh, I had never heard of until I was looking into things for this episode. But he's still out there making music. As a matter of fact, he's got a, a song on there, sort of, uh, it's called The Purpose for Pain. It's sort of his lament trying to uh, see the the purpose and some of the circumstances he's gone through. And, you know, again, something that I myself can relate to uh, pretty strongly. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think... You know, all in all, uh, neither one of these guys came out too worse for wear. You know, that uh, things have still gone pretty well for, for Scott through this whole thing. Well, let's move on to the next song here. But uh, before we do that, Jeremy, you remember the story of Moses, right? I do. Did you know that before God spoke to Moses, he spoke to a few other guys? There was Steve, there was Justin, there was Fred. There were like eight or nine guys that God tried to talk to that just... It didn't work out, which just goes to show you, hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates, and that place is ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-W. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. You can even add screening questions to your job listing so you can filter candidates and focus on the best ones. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter, that's 80%, find a quality candidate within the first day. Jeremy, how about that? The first day. You know, they bring the candidates to you as though you were a burning bush in the desert. They bring those candidates out to talk to you and apply for your job. What could be better than that? Couldn't have put it any better myself. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, that's right, for free, my listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-W. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-W. One more time. ZipRecruiter.com slash V-O-W. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And so our next band takes us away from WWE uh, to a magical land called TNA Wrestling. Uh, This was a song that was used for the opening video to Slammiversary 2006, as well as the menu music of the DVD The History of TNA Year One. It's by a band called Candle Fuse of their album Never Go Unheard. This is called Fighter. Yeah. 
know, it's funny. I've listened to this song a bunch of times over the years, and I've always thought, you know, it's a pretty catchy song. It wasn't until recently that I actually looked at the lyrics and realized, oh, this is a lot more religious than I thought it was because <laughs> it's got so much of the lingo in there. I'm letting go of me. Greater is he that lives within me. I'm pursuing a life of faith because I believe. Stranded, no strength to pray, but I can't walk away. Like, it, it's written right there, plain as day. But for some reason, I just, I never got it, Jeremy. That's funny, too, because this is, this is one of the, this is our first song we're talking about here that I think really fits, like, all of the hallmarks of that Christian rock label. Uh, and one of the telltale signs is the way the song is mixed, because the vocals are way too forward in the mix. Uh, so it's funny that you sort of miss the, uh, the, the words there because it's sort of engineered in a way that, well, the words are the important thing. So we have to make sure that people hear them. <laughs> so it kind of shoves those to the for to, you know, the forefront of the mix there. Um, and, and they make really weird choices throughout the rest of it. Like there's a guitar solo that happens in the song. But the rhythm guitars are still louder than the guitar solo. So it kind of drowns it out. As someone that, you know, I've done some mixing both live and, you know, studio. And not not a choice I would make personally. But, hey, you know, it, it's, it works for candle fuse, I suppose. Right. I mean, it's probably because I just associated with wrestling first rather than Christianity. Because, you know, it is about fighting and being strong and brave and right. holding your head up high and the chorus is all triumphant. It's a good song for wrestling, I think. And as someone who did not know who Kendall Fuse was when I first heard the song, I only knew it from the TNA pay-per-view, maybe that allowed me to drown out the other stuff. Whereas maybe if I was a big Christian rock fan and I knew who Kendall Fuse was before the pay-per-view, then I probably would have focused more on the religiousness of the song. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, not very many people know who Candle Fuse is, just because I mean, this was their one album, I believe. I don't think they did anything after Never Go Unheard, which is kind of ironic. I don't think it sold very well. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, but it's got, it. yeah, it has all those trapping. At first, I was like, Candle Fuse, fighter, like, I never heard this song before and as soon as it started and hit the chorus i was like oh this song yes i remember this this um there was a radio station out of columbus ohio they may still be going on i don't know if they are or not but it's called radio u and it played all christian alternative music and man this song sounds like every song that was on that station from like 1997 <laughs> to 2002 yeah, it's certainly of a type. Um, I, I mean, most of these Christian rock songs are pretty samey in terms of how they sound with the, the peppy rock instrumentation and the triumphant vocals. But that said, I still enjoy it because it's a pretty catchy song. And it, it does bring up the question, though, of whether or not TNA knew that this song was pretty religious or did they just focus on the fighting aspect of it? You know, same with Great Divide. This is one of the more blatantly religious songs on the list. I don't know, maybe they thought we'll just put a bunch of action highlights over the song and the average schmuck wrestling fan won't notice the religious aspect of it, which it worked on me, I guess. So, but uh, what do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, you know, they probably just heard that I'm a fighter, strong and brave. And they were like, yeah, that works. Like, 
throw it in there because that's that's the like most obvious lyric in the whole thing and you throw that over you know pro wrestling footage and it kind of uh you know the rest of it can just sort of wash to the background i will say though the song is definitely improved by mike Tanay yelling tell keith just suplex jeff jarrett over the top <laughs> of it that really takes it up a notch yeah shark boy hits the chummer <laughs> <laughs> um well, like you said, uh, Candle Fuse, uh, not one of the more prominent bands on the show here because they just had one album put out in 06 and that's it. But they are one of the more blatantly Christian rock bands that we're focusing on today because according to ChristianMusic.com, the band got its name from the Bible verses Matthew 5.14 and Psalm 133.1, reflecting their desire to be unified as a light in a dark world. And uh, the lead singer, Ben Honeycutt, says, Our focus remains on Christ 100%. Our mission is simply to let people know about him, to let them know how lost we are without a savior. Because, you know, some bands like Creed or Flyleaf, they'll say, we're spiritual, but don't call us a Christian rock band. Don't label us like that. Candlefuse are very much a gung-ho Christian rock band, Jeremy. Oh, yes. This is that other category where, you know, they are very unabashed about their desire for every song to convert someone. Um, and yeah, that's that's what they go for. Song number four. And uh, this is by a band that you referenced earlier, Jeremy. They actually do the current theme song for Monday Night Raw. Uh, this is Skillet. And Skillet are a very popular Christian metal band who have some songs that I enjoy quite a lot and a bunch of songs that are very popular in wrestling as well, including this one. This was the theme that was used for Hell in a Cell 2009, and it was also used in SmackDown vs. Raw 2010 off of the album Awake. This is Monster. song we've had so far and certainly one of the darker subjects because it's about this guy struggling with this monster inside of him you know this this beast this dark side and he tries to keep it hidden and keep it away but he can't it's right beneath the skin waiting to burst out and turn him into a monster and and cause some damage and it does a good job of painting the monster as being this terrifying thing you know razor sharp teeth scratching on the walls hiding under the bed wants my soul, wants my heart, uh, the monster being a metaphor, of course, but still it's saying, get away from me, don't be around me, I'm dangerous, which 
is not a message or a tone that we've had so far with the other songs, Jeremy. Yeah, no, I mean, this is kind of Judas before Judas, right? You know, yeah. sort of the same lyrical themes of, you know, hey, there's this part of me that I'm, I'm trying to protect you from that I sort of, you know, am finding it difficult to control. Uh, you know, Skillet kind of, you know, they beat Fozzie there. They're the first one on the block with a song like that. Right, for sure. And you look at the other songs that we've played so far, they're about adversity and hardship, but there's some sort of, of salvation in there as well. You know, there's sacrifice, but when I'm with you, I'm free, I can fly. I struggled with addiction and the breakup of my band, but God's love kept me from falling to my knees. I'm holding on for dear life, but I'm a fighter. I'm strong and brave, I believe. There's some hope there. But with Monster, we don't get that. The darker side, the, the, the sinful side, if you will, is coming out no matter what. And the nightmare has just begun. There's no salvation there at all. So it's quite bleak there, Jeremy. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. Um, you know, Skillet, they are, I mean, they're Christian music royalty. This is a band that's been around since 1996. I saw them live at the Ohio State Youth Convention uh, around, would have been 2000, 2001, somewhere in there when I was in high school and their album Invincible had just come out. And, you know, they're still kicking. They just put out a new album last year. They're still getting gigs, doing conventions. They've won five Dove Awards, so sort of the Christian Grammys. Um, and so, like, these are guys that they've been around for a while. Um, and they also manage to be pretty orthodox, which I, as a former pastor, always appreciate. And this thing is really sort of an interesting look where, you know, it allows them to they're taking this artful tact on sort of tackling this problem uh, of sin. Uh, and, you know, as it's called in the Bible, like the flesh, sort of this part of you that can't help but sin. Uh, and it's interesting that, you know, despite this being a band that is, you know, like I said, sort of Christian music royalty, they don't feel the necessity to give you the answer in the song. They're content to just sort of ask the questions, uh, which in a way I kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it leans more on that scale of making art out of faith rather than turning our faith into propaganda through our art here, where they're, they're willing to ask questions without necessarily feeling like they have to force feed you the answer. And as far as rustling goes, it's a fitting song for sure. I mean, this aggressive metal song that's about someone's dark side coming out and hurting people, that falls right in line with pro wrestling. Um, there are also no super blatant Christian references either, so that's nice. Um, and it's for Hell in a Cell, which even in the WWE and its PG environment, it's still considered to be one of the more violent pay-per-views in the schedule. So from a wrestling standpoint, it, it lines up nicely there, Jeremy. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, it's a pay-per-view main event between 2004 and 2010. So you know that it was Cena versus Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> you've got, you know, this Hell in a Cell match where here's John Cena letting out this side of him that, you know, he's normally hustle loyalty and respect and, you know, the, the goodiest of two shoes. And here he's sort of letting out this dark side in this battle with Randy Orton. It's sort of, uh, it's a perfect song to fit along with that. And like you said, you know, the Christian references, there are here sort of that, you know, at the end of the verses, why won't somebody come and save me from this? That's 
basically it's not word for word but it's pretty close to romans 7 24 where you know paul writes like who will deliver me from this body of death um but it's like it's all subtle enough that you can just uh you they keep those messages i suppose like the monster just beneath the skin Ah. and it allows it to really uh work well for this video package well put sir well put but uh but yeah skillet's one of those bands that even though i know they're christian metal I, I do enjoy some of their songs. Um, Hero is pretty good. Yep. Sick of It, um, Awaken Alive. They do have some good stuff. And they're another band that's been used a bunch in wrestling over the years. So. Yeah, WWE seems to be really big Skillet fans. Um, and it's interesting because this song sort of like, it incorporates different parts of their history sort of into it. Like you get a little bit of their industrial side that was their, you know, early couple albums in the uh, verses. You've got a little bit of a crunchy synth line um, and then it sort of you know, breaks out into the organ patch and the chorus and some of their newer stuff that's more just like harder rock and whatnot. And uh, yeah, the only thing about this song that really doesn't work for me is the monster voice. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know what they're going for there, but it just, it really comes off kind of goofy in my opinion. It does come a little out of nowhere considering how, um, how upbeat the song is. And how poppy it is. And all of a sudden, here's this death metal growl. Feel like a monster. <laughs> it does feel out of place. Um, but but then again, then again, you know, a monster is supposed to be this intruding force that doesn't belong in your world. So in a way, it does kind of make sense there, Jeremy. Yeah, the idea makes sense. I, I guess my problem is more with the execution there. But like you mentioned, though, the song is kind of upbeat, which I feel like is a really weird choice. And that's sort of another idiosyncrasy of Christian music is that I believe this is an A-flat mi- uh, major. And e- like even a song about deep-seated sin issues and this monster that lives inside you still can't break out the minor scale. You can't do it. <laughs> you can't go minor and get it too dark dark on them you got to keep it major and so it does it's weird that it is you know like you said it does sound kind of like light and peppy despite the fact that he's singing about you know how a nightmare is going on and that he can't suppress this monster inside him our second to last song of the episode here is by the band disciple which as far as christian rock band names go is one of the more uh, on the nose ones i think <laughs> they did the theme song for zach Ryder and kurt hawkins when they were known as the edgeheads who were disciples of edge there you go the song is from wwe the music volume 8 this is in the middle of it now
So the thing about this song is that there really aren't any Christian overtones to this one whatsoever. Um, the lyrics were written by Jim Johnston and are pretty straightforward. Uh, it's about these young guys who are waiting for a chance to prove themselves and be part of the action, and now they're getting that chance. When it comes to dues, we paid them. We had the patience. We've waited. Sometimes loved and sometimes hated. Here we come. There ain't no mistaken. We get the chance and we take it. We get the shot of the game and we make it. Standing on the outs like we've waited. Here we come. There ain't no mistaken. And that was the deal with Ryder and Hawkins. You know, first they were the major brothers who weren't doing anything really of note as this undercar tag team. Then they turn heel and join up with Edge and La Familia. And now they're involved in these big storylines on SmackDown. They really are in the middle of it now, which is standard stuff for a theme, but the fact that it's Disciple, a Christian rock band who is doing the song, is rather interesting, I think, because so far we've had the bands do their own lyrics, now the band is coming in and doing someone else's. So there isn't a personal or religious touch to this one at all, and really, you know, any old band could have done this one, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things is that sort of the way that it's written with sort of the like metal, but kind of pseudo rap lyrics, that's very much a disciple sort of hallmark. And so it seems like they at least tried to gear this musically for the kind of music that they make. Uh, and so it definitely, I actually didn't know that Jim Johnston wrote the lyrics for this. It does feel... Uh, very much like a Disciple song through and through. So I don't know how much of that was them, you know, kind of putting their own twist on it or if it was just sort of him writing for them or, or what that situation was like. Um, but yeah, it, it's, this is Disciples doing, you know, doing their thing without necessarily, you know, bringing in sort of the Christian influence that they're normally known for. Well, I read online that Disciple are big fans of WWE. Mm -hmm. And uh, previously to this, one of their songs was used as the theme for Cyber Sunday, that pay-per-view. So there is a relationship there. So I imagine when Jim Johnston wrote the song and needed a band to perform it, they figured, let's just go with Disciple, you know, because why not? I mean, Christian rock or, or not, there's still good musicians who can do the song well, Jeremy. Yeah, no, totally. Um, they're, yeah, they're, this song is like, it's perfectly competent metal wrestler entrance music like and they and they pull it off well like you know i have really i have no like giant like parts of this that i absolutely adore or anything though this does have one of my favorite metal elements it's that pig squeal guitar sound um that i just absolutely adore like kill switch engage uses that all of the time all over the place and this uses that, you know, pretty steadily throughout it. Um, and so, you know, it's like, it's got that. It, it's perfectly competent. And Disciple did a pretty good job with it. And yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's funny, actually. I was trying to come up with any connection whatsoever to religion. And I thought, hmm, fire and smoke, that may be something... And then I realized, well, it's probably more to do with Edge's pyro than it is about <laughs> Hellfire or whatever. But um, but yeah, this isn't my favorite song in the world, but it's definitely a throwback to a time when, you know, you had real bands come in yeah. and do these songs. You know, because right now we've got just some guy with a bunch of library songs and CFOs left. And looking back, I mean, I just I actually long for the days of a disciple 
coming in or kill switch engage coming in or whatever you know it just seems so far away there jeremy yeah i mean it really does make a big difference because even this like you know i kind of joke that it's you know generic metal wrestler entrance theme but it's so much more impactful than just like a standard library tune or even something like you know cfos where they really just were coming up with like one great loop and they would just sort of loop that endlessly. And so some of those loops were really great, but to have a band or an artist come in and really do a song and record the whole thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, it makes a, it makes a really big difference. Here's the question I have for you. Do you think that while they were the edge heads that Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins had everything they ever wanted? Well, they were tag team champions at one point. That's and true. They were. As far as the tag team goes, that's all you really want, I think. So I, I think so. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many action figures they had. That's that's maybe a different story. But I think being a, a lackey tag team, getting to be tag team champions was a pretty big deal for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The final song of the episode here. And this is another band that was uh, you know, big during the Creed era of the late 90s, early 2000s. It's P.O.D., who are another very prominent band in wrestling, best known for doing the Rey Mysterio theme, Buyaka 619. But they've also got other songs in there as well, uh, including this one. This was used in the WWE Desire video for The Rock, and it was also used by Johnny Jeter, Portia Perez, and others as their theme songs. Off the album Satellite, this is Alive. So we're ending this as we began with another inspiring song that, again, you could look at from two different points of view. Every day is a new day. I'm thankful for every breath I take. I won't take it for granted. So I learn from my mistakes. It's beyond my control sometimes. It's best to let go. Whatever happens in this lifetime, so I trust and love, you have given me peace of mind. I, I feel so alive for the very first time, and I can't deny you, I feel so alive. He could be referring to Jesus and to God and how being in his presence has made him feel so alive and that he trusts God, but he could also be referring to a friend, a loved one, in a more secular sense. So, again, very similar to my sacrifice in that it could fit both viewpoints there, Jeremy. Yeah, I think so. And the story behind this song is actually that um, he had, uh, his wife had just given birth to their daughter, and, you know, he's sitting there and he's looking at her and he notices that she looks like him, like he recognizes some of his features in her face. And it's this like overwhelming moment for him 
where he feels so much more alive, uh, so to speak. And that is what sort of is born out and becomes the song is that this is, you know, him just being awestruck in that moment and feeling this song, this sense of, you know, gratitude and thankfulness. And so it's just this beautiful art that comes from a beautiful place as opposed to, you know, some of the bands that feel that everything has to be specifically geared towards, uh, you know, conversion or, or preaching in every line. Uh, this, it, it kind of works on multiple levels because he's writing about a thing that is granted through his Christian lens, but it's an experience that, that many people can relate to. Mm. And that's what the best songs do. You yeah. know, being able to reach so many different people. I mean, the single for this uh, came out in July of one and unfortunately, the album came out on 9-11. Yes. And in the wake of that, this song and the video as well became this you know beacon of hope for people because of how positive it was and uplifting it was. So, yeah, you can look at it in a sense of it being a song about God, a song about a child, a loved one, or just in general, an inspiring song about life. You know, there's all sorts of different ways you can look at it there, Jeremy. Yeah, like if if you weren't old enough to be aware at the time, this song was massive in the wake of 9-11. It was the most requested song on TRL. That's a sentence that dates me uh, pretty solidly. <laughs> uh, it was, this song was everywhere. You could not escape it. And I think, you know, it was Here Comes This Band that at the time that rap rock new metal thing was so popular and just sort of by default, all of that music is very angsty, very angry, very aggressive. And here comes this hopeful twist on that. And I think that combined with sort of being, you know, right after 9-11 that it sort of picked up steam, that it just really hit people and gave this thing just absolutely massive crossover appeal. And I think with P.O.D., again, there's that straddling of the two worlds because they are themselves devout Christians. And the name P.O.D. Um, means payable on death, which oh, yeah. references the fact that Jesus died on the cross. So Christians' sins are paid for. And if you believe in Jesus, when you die, you get into heaven automatically. But they don't exclusively sing about Christianity. They've got songs like Boom and Lights Out, you know, these big action movie set piece songs. So it's not like they're 100% in one world or the other, Jeremy. Yeah, well, and also on this album, so the album was Satellite. Um, I actually, I had the hookup at the uh, Christian Book and Music Store in the local mall. I was working at the KB Toys. A buddy of mine was working at the Christian Bookstore. And so I actually got this CD like a month early. And so I had, I like I played this album relentlessly. Like I absolutely adored it when it came out. Um, but Youth of the Nation was another song right, that was yeah. very big off of this. And it was, it's just very overtly about, you know, school shootings and sort of reckoning with the reality that the kids had, you know, have still have to live with. Um, and so they're able to really speak to all of these different things and do it with, you know, positivity 
if you dig deeper, you can see that they're doing it from this Christian perspective. If you want to just take it for, you know, general positivity, you can absolutely do that. And I mean, this is a band that still is on tour with some of the biggest metal acts on the planet. They're still making the rounds uh, and their stuff still holds up. I was thinking about this, too. Um, I don't know if you felt the same way or not, but this being the song for The Rock's Desire video, it doesn't feel appropriate for someone of his character. Like, it's a big feeling song, and you do need one of those for The Rock, but to me, it's not the right kind of big feeling song. Like, this feels more thrilling and adventurous and daredevilish. Like, you know, I feel so alive, I just want to fly. Like, if this was for Jeff Hardy, that makes sense. Or Rey Mysterio, even. But for The Rock, he needs something that's epic, but also a bit, you know, cockier, a bit edgier than something this bright and, and upbeat and hopeful, even though that's what the Desire videos were. But it just doesn't feel right to me, Jeremy. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I, I just don't think this song works with the video that they did it for. It's funny because this is but far and away the song that I like the most of the six that we're talking about. Um, I still like listening back to this the other night was just like, this is the perfect new metal song. Like it really is. Like it's just delightful. Like everything about it, I love. Um, but it so does not fit the video that they cut to it uh it just yeah i perhaps with a wrestler that was a little bit more high flying that you could kind of get that sense of i feel like i can fly i feel so alive you know that a jeff hardy a ray mysterio well and especially ray mysterio with his connections to the band and san diego and sort of everything there that you know would have made more sense for the rock he's the rock was always his themes are always a little more swaggery, a little more you know sort of cool. That I feel like you needed. So if you're going to do a video about the rock's desire, it kind of needed to reflect him more than this song does. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, that was our look at a little bit of Christian rock music in pro wrestling. Obviously, there are other bands that we didn't get to, um, like Flyleaf, Thousand Foot Crutch, uh, Toby Mac. Others as well, of course, but certainly just looking at the bands featured today and the way that they've been used in wrestling, whether as entrance themes, as pay-per-view themes, promo videos, Christian Rock has made its mark in wrestling, Jeremy, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of surprising looking back at, you know, here are some of these bands that, you know, I listen to all the time in youth group or whatnot that we'd have on like before and after service or whatnot. And here they start showing up on, you know, WWE TV and whatnot. That was very exciting for young Jeremy. And so, uh, yeah, it's cool to see kind of how these bands, you know, are getting mixed in and new ones all the time, you know, keep getting brought in. Like you mentioned, you know, Flyleaf and some of those that, you know, it's it's interesting to see some of those walls get broken down and that sort of, you know, sacred secular divide that a lot of people, you know, try to make. I think it's I think that's a harmful distinction to try to start making. And uh, it's exciting to see, you know, bands kind of expand beyond some of those barriers. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for being here. This was just so much fun 
talking to you about these songs and these bands. And like I said earlier, you're the right man for the job. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. And, you know, I'm going to make a, uh, a little Spotify playlist. I'll tweet the link out, make it my pinned tweet on, uh, on Twitter. If people are interested in checking out some different Christian music that doesn't suck, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll have a little Spotify playlist up there that you can listen to uh, some rap, some rock, a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, and get you know a sense of, of some of the things that some of these Christian bands have to offer. Any plugs you want to give, like your Twitter handle or website or whatever? Uh, yeah, the Twitter is at Jeremy Sexton, uh, all one word. And uh, yeah, you can find me there. Uh, I've recently, for Voices of Wrestling, wrote some stats stuff for a match of the year. Uh, so check those out. Those are really fun things to cook up. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll have something else coming up for Voices of Wrestling before too long. But just, you know, keep rocking with the Twitter feeds and I'm sure you'll find it. And Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find other podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. Check out the VOW Discord at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. Donate to the show at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Donate. And uh, click the Donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you do that, hey, you're awesome. Thank you so much. And of course, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, Jeremy, thank you again, and uh, have a blessed day. <laughs> <laughs> you too. All right, for Jeremy Sexton, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who cares your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who's there Feeling unknown and you're all alone Flesh and bone by the telephone Lift up the receiver I'll make you a believer Take second best Put me to the test Things on your chest You need to confess I will deliver You know I'm a forgiver Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.